What up, what up? This is Father Francis on the Southern Sauce Podcast. Another episode. I'm here with my father-in-law. We call him Papa Shane. What's up, Shane? Uh, just chilling in Biloxi, Mississippi. Heard that. Um, yeah, for all you guys out there listening, this is the Southern Sauce Podcast. And my guest here, uh, Shane, my new father-in-law. Just recently married my mother-in-law And uh, just down here visiting Well, actually, down here on some business And some operation we like to do every year, every summer With And I appreciate you coming down, man Oh, uh, you know, we had to come pick her up Yeah, so uh, Mia, you know, Mia is like the You can probably hear my dog drinking in the background I apologize about that He decides to have dinner as soon as we start this um, Mia goes to Texas for two weeks every summer, and uh, Papa Shane and and Grandma comes pick her up. And she gets to have a good last two weeks of her summer. So lucky Mia. And she always wants cake pops. <laughs> <laughs> so like um, so so man, we appreciate y'all watching Mia. As always, and I know y'all enjoy it. Do it. y'all are y'all looking forward to it? Oh yeah, we've been preparing. Yeah, what kind of things do y'all do to prepare to have Mia over? First, your mom cleans the house like a Mexican. <laughs> what does that exactly mean? Like nonstop cleaning walls, floors, and yeah. doors, and everything. Yeah, mom's like a super clean freak. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember I remember coming over there and uh mom won't let us in the house until she's done cleaning. I remember we came over to visit one time and we were at the door for probably thirty minutes standing there and she won't she wouldn't open the door until she's done cleaning. Oh, she's worse now. Really? What's all that about? She just like to be clean. Mm-hmm. I mean there's nothing wrong with that. Uh-huh. But they say cleanliness is next to godliness, so can't be mad at that. But y'all's house is never dirty. Yeah, like, that's ever. what I'd be telling her, but in her eyes, something's dirty. Like, like there's nothing that, you know, you go in and I'm like, dang, this, they missed this or anything like that. It's it's spotless. I think it's because we men, but women, they see stuff that we don't. Yeah, I guess we just let some stuff slide yeah. that they don't slide. And she has to be perfect, so. Nothing I wrong just, with that. I just let her be her. That's right. Less arguments. Her dad. Clean house is... Is is something nice to have, right? And I mean, you really can't be mad at somebody being clean. It's worse to be mad if you, if, over them being dirty. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. You you think you're like uh, the reason why she's cleaning? She's cleaning up after you all the time. Now she don't clean up after me. I I pretty much clean because raising my daughters, I had to clean all the time. But okay, so basically, that's just your mom. She just. Likes to be real, real clean, and that's just her personality and who she is. Nothing wrong with that. I love it. Nina's cleaning up after me all the time. Uh-huh. Oh, somebody beeping me on my on my on my thing. Yeah, Nina's. I'm not saying I'm dirty, but when I grew up, my dad was like, "You wake up and make your bed every day, and you clean this room before you go anywhere," which is good. But I was so drilled with that. Now I wake up and I'm like, I ain't gonna make that bed. I don't even think about it. 
<laughs> you know, I try to every now and then, but Nina has to have the bed made before she leaves. Things like that, which is a good quality. I ain't complaining. Well, my grandmother made us get up right at six. Like she said, no man sleeps after six o'clock. Oh, so yeah. So we all had to get up and start cleaning. As soon as y'all woke up. Yep. You can't sleep past six o'clock. Wow. So your grandma, your grandmother raised you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So she, she sounded like she was she was pretty dead on. Oh, she but no joke. Really? And even when she go back in the room, we try to lay down for a second. When she opened that door, we back act like we cleaned it. <laughs> <laughs> where where were you, where'd you raise where were you raised at? I mean, I'm born raised Los Angeles, but when I ninth grade, almost tenth grade, moved to Mount Hermon, Louisiana. A little country town. Okay. Washington Paris. Okay. How was it, how was the transition from like like big city Los Angeles to the South. It was a culture shock. My yeah. first day of school, white boy caught me and I whipped his you know what. <laughs> and I got suspended. Yeah. And my grandmother and them said, You gonna bring this from LA to Louisiana? And I said, Well, he caught me and so then my grandmother said, Oh, well, in that case you beat this every time. Yeah. So yeah. After that, nobody caught me anymore. Right. So it was it was automatic. No uh, no disrespect off top, huh? Nah. Me, my brother Snoop that you met, uh huh, and my brother Troy, we we whooped many people's but really. <laughs> We're and talking that and, every, and everybody at school used to say, "Don't mess with them California boys. They crazy." You know. So man, I know you told me this, but I I never thought about Snoop moving over too. So it was you. Snoop, you, him, and my other brother Troy, and so all y'all three moved from in, in the middle of school. Yeah, middle of school. And you said ninth grade for you. What was their grade? Um, Snoop was like eleventh grade. Okay, my brother Troy, eleventh grade. You know, wow. So for them, dang it, for them it was like they was leaving their last hoorah at high school and finishing it in Louisiana. But they really wasn't tripping. I'm the one who was tripping because in L.A., I was into all kind of stuff, gang banging, st- stupid stuff. And then going there, mm-hmm. I was getting kicked out of school and just my grandmother just had to save me. So she I had to go to Louisiana and that's saved my life. After I got suspended, I actually came back to school and the same white boy told me, hey, you want to go hunting this weekend? I was like, Nah. You mean hunting? And he said, "You know, you guys in the Rod and Gun Club." I said, "No, nah, I ain't in no club." He said, "Your uncle in there." And I said, "What's that?" So I went home, asked my uncle. He said, "Yeah, we in the Rod and Gun Club." And I said the white guy say, "Do I want to go hunting?" I thought he's gonna try to kill me or set me up in the woods or something. He's like, "Wow, nah, we all in the same gun club together, hunting club." So finally, my uncle taught me how to hunt, and just being from the city. When you shooting, you shooting at people, you know, <laughs> not at rabbits and squirrels and stuff. But uh-huh. that was a change in my life in a positive way. Thank God that I was able to come from the city to the country to see a whole different lifestyle. Right, and I loved it, and that's how I like to fish, hunt, with you know different things now. So that helped me in my own personal life. That's awesome. So the boy you fought with in high school. Boy, you whoop. Yeah, his name was Monroe Fortenberry. <laughs> okay, so he asked you to go hunting with him after the fact. 
Dang. And then your uncle was in his hunting club. Yeah, it's called a riding gun club. So how did he make that connection? I guess his dad must have said, hey, you know, Ralph and the Dysons and Brumfields, they all in the same hunting club. And the guy wow. you fought, his uncle and all of them is such and such. And I guess that's, he apologized to me. And uh, you wow. know, I accept his apology, but I still wasn't going hunting with him, you know. Right. Well, it's crazy. He's part of the hunting club, and your uncle being black is in the same hunting club. Yeah. White, assume, white and black yeah. be in the same hunting club out there. So I would assume, like, if you're in an outside social club with different races, why would you come back to school? And Right. Was he just, I mean, was he, well, I don't really want to get too deep into this. But was he just hating on you because he was new and he just said it? Or is, is, think, is the boys he, in Louisiana just, just say it like that? I think what it was is he probably was like one of the t- tough white boys at the school. Uh-huh. And he looked at me thought, you know, I could punk him. Yeah. And got whooped on, you know, real quick. And he had to realize that, nah, that ain't the one. You know. Yeah. So you, he just wanted to check you. Yeah. And... Pretty much claim dominance, yeah, I guess. Yeah, try to. Then we had to beat up several people, and then you know nobody ain't mess with us no more. Wow! But it's interesting though because the way you look at me now, like being in going to Louisiana, I was in so many talent shows, winning back to back to back to back. I used to pop lock, break dance, and win first place, first place, first place. Really? So I'm in Mount Herman. I was a legend in that town still to for pop locking. Yeah, popping, winning every talent show, Frankenton, Louisiana, Baton Rouge. I even went all the way to Miami, New I beat everybody. I mean, really? I don't look like it, but if you asked around from back in my time over there, everybody said, Oh yeah, we know them. We know them. You know, I I never lost. So the pop locking that's from LA? Mm-hmm. That's the LA thing? Yeah. I used to be in a club called Electronic Creepers. And the person you know that used to be in our club, we called him Michael Chambers, but his nickname was Boogaloo Shrimp from Breaking. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? The one they called, um, what's the, with the broom, if you ever watch Breaking? Yes, yes, yeah. His name, his name is Michael Chambers, but they called him Boogaloo Shrimp in our, our, our group, Electronic Creepers. I think they called him Turbo. On there. Okay. So one day we all lived in Scottsdale and Carson. He wanted me to be in Lionel Richie video. Uh-huh. My aunt, she hated, she wouldn't let me go. So that little Mexican boy on the video name, they called him Coco. Uh huh. He chose him to go because my aunt wouldn't let me go. Why but she why didn't she let you go? She didn't want, I guess she didn't want to see me rise, you know. Oh my goodness. But the funniest thing is Turbo Michael Chambers is real name. He never could beat me. Mm-hmm. Popping. Mm-hmm. You know, but he got stardom and all that, you know. But years later, in Rolling Heights, California, called Skate Country, they had a popping contest. And my brother and them told me he was in it. So I entered that comp- contest. Mm-hmm. And at the end, we faced each other for $5,000. And they called it a tie. So we split twenty five hundred. Golly, but, yeah. But I knew him since we was in the same club, and nobody didn't know I was better than him. 
I never knew you pop lock. Oh yeah, pop lock. So why don't you do it? What you doing now? Nah, I'm I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) Them bones ain't the same. That's crazy, man. Man, when I was in high school doing high school parties, we had this uh, one of my friends. His name was Mark, and he was he was big in the pop lock, and he was pretty good. But he was real muscular guy. He worked out like like big massive guy, but he was really good in the pop lock, and he was all into that. And I, I, that's, I didn't really see too much of that around, but that's kind of trippy, man. Uh, I never knew that about you. I knew so many people that was popping and breaking and really doing like that. Um, the other dude in breaking too, I knew him okay. from Michael Chambers. Do you know? So was it like just one day you were just done with it, or you just like I'm just moving on to the next thing, or just yeah, you get or was older. that just like a youth thing? It was a youth thing. You get older and you move on. You, you, do you have any contact with anybody from like the pop locking, nah. real pop locking era? Well, no, everybody gone or people dead now. You know. Yeah, heard that. So, so going back to the Louisiana thing, you went hunting. Is that is that where you learned hunting at? Is in Louisiana? Yeah, my uncle, my uncle Yo D is. It's like my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, uh, he taught me all that stuff. Which I mainly hunt. Me and my uncle Yo D, we mainly rabbit hunt. With beagles Okay You know And people used to say That city boy Can how hunt all y'all You know But I could <laughs> shoot You know Yeah But I, you know Being away from that I used to love to hunt But Life changes And you don't have time To do none of that no more Yeah Man I, I told you I went hunting In uh, Meridian I would say It's two years Going on two years right. ago And uh, I mean It's cool Like getting out there And finally sitting out there And hunting but after sitting for so long and I saw a lot of deer mm. and I wasn't allowed to shoot any of it. You know, they had to be like six points or up. Mm. I was like, man, this is a lot of, mm. a lot of sitting and right. not doing. And then I thought about, well, if I shot the deer, I'd have to clean them up and all mm. that. And I haven't done that before. Right. So, you know, it's, I like, I like the concept of it, but I don't know if I'll go hunting deer hunting again. I don't know. Deer hunting is patience. Yeah, you got a lot of it. You know? Yeah, like like with the other types, I guess the rabbits and stuff. You just kind of that's kind of quick, huh? Yeah, you got to be skillful because they just jump out of nowhere, and if you don't, but y'all are like walking, walking, trying to get them to scoot. Like you're not nah. sitting down still waiting nah, on a rabbit. We, we lined up, and the dogs jump them out. Oh, see, that's live action right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's, now we don't walk. We we had beagles. My uncle had like six rabbit dogs. You know. Okay. And once they hit the woods, and they jump one up, it's just like a a choir singing. <laughs> and, and, and you know the rabbit is on bring his way back. Okay. So wherever you lined up, wherever you jump, if you just happen to be in that spot, he's coming back. If you miss him, somebody else get a chance. Go, go get him. Okay. So, but, so your uncle was like real country boy then. Oh yeah, but, but he was you know he was from Chicago, but more, just like Beverly mom and them when they got older they built the house back in Mississippi, so they all mm-hmm. went back to the country area, built them a house. My uncle, my uncle, my uncle, um, Purvis he had five hundred and seventy acres of land, mm-hmm. so he had got six, so he started selling land to all the family members. So my grandmother bought. 20 acres my uncle ld bought 20 acres my aunt dorothy bought four acres like so many people so then when my uncle 
my my Aunt Dorothy died, my uncle and my grandmother called me and say, Aunt Dorothy died. You want to buy her land and stuff? Mm-hmm. So I bought all her land for $1,600. Golly. And I still had the land right there in Washington Parish, but it's just so country. And yeah. I, had, I had a double wide. Beverly seen it. Uh-huh. And, my, and I sold a double wide to my aunt. I mean, my cousin. So she still stays there, but the land is still, I still have a deed and everything. Really? Mm-hmm. How many acres is it? Four. Four acres of land. Mm-hmm. Plan on anything, doing anything with it? Or just going to just let it sit and see what happens? And see if my daughter or something wants something later. Or nice. Sell it. But it ain't really worth much because it's in deep country, like two hours or so from there to get to New Orleans. Nobody really don't want to stay there. Is it in like a, is it near like any big no. is cities or no shopping areas or anything? Frankenton is the closest city. Okay. And that's about 30, 40 minutes, you know. Down. So it's just in the woods. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's nice to own some land, though, just to know the yeah. fact that you, you, you do own some land. But, I mean, that's got to be, I yeah. want to own some land one yeah. day just north of here. I just got lucky. 1600 I was like, oh, yes, I want it. You I know. mean, hopefully one day a neighborhood or something or developer want to come through there and just give you a good amount of money for it. But Well, I remember you know. when I first got it. It was we had all these pine trees, and somebody came through and I forgot how much it was almost like ten thousand just for the pine trees. Dang! I made my money, and then my aunt she had a three bedroom, two bath like single metal trailer. Mm-hmm. I sold that for five thousand. Then I got ten thousand for the pine trees, and I still ain't even finished that moving in there yet. You know, mm. so you already making money off of oh, it yeah. as soon as you got it. And all the surrounding lands, family land too. Yeah. It's but all see, plotted together. But see, like in the country, they got most houses that grown up. And if I still got to figure out a way, my cousin used to be the sergeant of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. where he was going to give me the plug on how we can obtain some of these houses that have been sitting. Mm-hmm. They got old tax liens on it or. They didn't pay the state, you know, taxes, but mm-hmm. it's a way to get a lot of this land for cheap. They know? they do that around here. Yeah. And we got to figure that out. Yeah. Like, I mean, because like, people just let stuff go. I mean, we're, they don't we're Mississippi. Much. Yeah. We're yeah. Mississippi, Louisiana. It's like, like you said, like unpaid yeah. taxes. Yeah. That's, that's something I'd really like to get into. Yeah. Me too. I, I'm, I'm flipping, all with it. Yeah. Flipping houses. Some of that stuff is not even a thousand dollars. That's People crazy. Died and left it. Didn't have no family, well, and it's just sitting there. That's the thing. Is like those those small towns. Mm-hmm. Like you said, people grow old. Mm-hmm. It's been a family home, right? Or passed down, and people just want to move away from those rural areas. And most of the kids, they don't want it. Nah, they ain't coming back. They don't want it. And so you might pick it up five hundred thousand. And we just fix it up and have to figure that out. Let me write that down. What did you call it? Tax, tax lien, tax lien harms. Oh, tax, um, property tax. They ain't paid property property taxes in so many years. Man, another thing I want to get to is Airbnb. I just talked to my buddy about that this weekend. Yeah, I, you know, I have me and my daughter Zori. We have a thing already been set up for a year, Mm -hmm. a couple years now, called the Tate Estates. So I'm already set up in Airbnb system and everything. Okay. 
Yeah. So you just got to get some property rolling in there, yeah. some type of. We had something that we was working on in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Did a couple little things, but the key thing to Airbnb is the property got to be up to par. Because mm-hmm. you, when you got a tenant to come over there to rent it, and then the pipe busts in the bathroom mm-hmm. or the kitchen sink leaking. So when you get into the Airbnb, you want to have all them things together. So they don't have no complaints. Cause if they have a complaint, you got to give them a discount on this or that yeah. because you don't want your name bad. So there's a loss. Thing. I had told Zori, my daughter, that's my second oldest daughter that before we even venture off into something like that again, we need something you can rent. You don't have to own it. Mm-hmm. We could rent. We was thinking about New Orleans, like yeah. getting something over there, one bedroom, whatever. Me and you could do it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we just, you know, put the bed. We already got all the things to set up, how to get the people to come clean and everything. Mm-hmm. So New Orleans is key. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to do New Orleans. Yeah. We're going to look at that too. Right. Yeah. That's the. And it really don't matter as long as it's close to downtown. It's going to pay for itself. Yeah. All we got to do is rent it. You just got to put put a good amount of money and make it very exclusive and mm-hmm. unique feeling. You just want somebody like like Nina and I went for anniversary in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the pictures on Airbnb and it, everyone knows this pictures on Airbnb is like the inside and it shows like the nice right. couch and the bed and the living room. And, mm-hmm. and then outside it might show like the front door and stuff but then you don't realize that the house is kind of in the middle of the, of, the, of the hood you know but right. and, and we were like okay this is kind of this gets in the middle of the hood like middle neighborhood and we're pulling up and neighbors cross street kind of having a block party and stuff but the, everybody knows airbnb so right. you know, everybody just waves at you whatever and uh the house like behind it's like condemned mm. i'm like okay Kind of sketchy, but then the house itself is really nice, and right. it's got that New Orleans feeling. You go inside, and it's like really nice. And I said, right. you know what? For the feeling that we got here, I kind of liked it. Right. I I, I kind of liked it knowing that somebody took this old New Orleans home right. and polished it up real nice. Right. And then I started looking at Airbnb map because I was mm-hmm. thinking this is just the one off in this neighborhood, and there was a bunch of them mm-hmm. in that neighborhood. So I kind of drove around looking at the Airbnb map mm-hmm. and said, yeah, that's one. That's one, and they all look nice. Right. So I was like, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with a diamond in the rough. Right. Want to stay with it? So it's very, it's very doable. Right. Um. But you said you can rent it, and then and then Airbnb it. Yeah. While you rent it. Yeah. Because most of the people, the owners, they don't even live in the same state, or they don't care as long as they get their rent. It's all they care about their rent. Yep. Man, and it's not against the law. Okay, but you don't think them owners would be like. I know that's Airbnb. I know it's in New Orleans. I know it's hot. Like I want to. I want some cut. How can he? They already signed a lease to you. It's true. You know. I mean, we could do that anytime. We could get a, a one bedroom to start. When they start doing good, mm-hmm. event, go get a two bedroom. Then go get a three bedroom. But New Orleans is uh, what three hundred and sixty five day a year type of event. Something going mm-hmm. on. So Mother, yeah. always gonna make money. Sports concerts, yeah. and then once yeah. we get that going good, we can go by. Um, what is that? Pensacola Beach. 
Yeah. Get one by the beach because, you know, when the summertime comes, everybody want to go to Destin, Navarro, mm-hmm. all these places. Just, But New Orleans is just hot. Yeah. When Mardi Gras time came, my daughter came, they had a toe-up looking spot. And they were paying almost like 1800 a night. Dang. And they had a group of people with them, but she was saying, Dad, we have to get one there. Mm. But see, my daughter and them is young, so they, you know, the younger crowd knows more than we do because they all into everything. Yeah. You know, they kind of know what's hot and right. popular. And so when she was telling me, we paid $1,800 for, I think it was two nights. Mm-hmm. And she said it was trash. So, like, how you know how to fix everything up? We can mm-hmm. just get a one bedroom or two bedroom. The rent is gonna get paid from the Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. even right you can, now you can pay for yeah. it in one weekend in yeah. two nights. Yeah, and the and rest everything is, is profit. Yeah, right. You just gotta make that initial investment of right. making every, make make everything almost bulletproof. Right. Yeah. Um, our Airbnb it was it was pretty expensive. But the internet didn't work. Mm. The didn't have much toilet paper, like one roll of toilet paper with three amongst three bathrooms. Mm. And it was really nice. I was like, man, but these people are really slipping. That's like they're making so much money, I guess they don't even care. But once you get so many things against you, they don't shut you down. Yeah. That's interesting, man. We gotta look into that. Always, always a hustle on your mind, man. Ah, oh, man, I can't always. Stop. <laughs> like so, so for all your listening, man, Shane, uh, from my real close friends, y'all know I I started selling stuff on eBay. I haven't really done as much lately. Um, but Shane got me into this stuff, and I didn't I didn't realize the profit margin in it. And then um, and then I started buying pallets of home goods, and sold those for a little while, and. uh yeah, man, I appreciate you showing me that game. Right. And and for all you long, young listeners not here, I'm, I'm trying to get Sean and his friend on it. Um, man, the money's on the internet. Everything. Like, you know, I have some friends are trying to figure out. Man, I'm, I'm looking for a better job. I mean, you can always look for a better job. And I'm not saying don't look for a better job. Do it's do it's right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have people friends with jobs and then they're looking for like I need some side money or something going on and I tell all these folks and you did the same thing to me man you told me told me and I kind of just like yeah 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 mm-hmm. until you came home with that pallet one day right. that that changed the game so I tried to tell people you know sell stuff on eBay and they and they're like yeah 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 so I guess I just got to bring it to the next level give I got to give them something like go sell this on eBay this one thing Right. And I tried that with a couple people and it didn't work. Or I tried that with one person and it didn't sell the next day and they're like, this is some BS. Right. But you already know how that go. People, you, some people just can't. You, you know, know they, they want instant results. You know Beverly Cousins in Detroit? I heard of him. When we went to the funeral, she had one cousin named Buck. Okay. And I was just listening to his story, you know, and I could see that. It's not really doing that then. Mm-hmm. So I went in the garage talking to him and this girl, and I told him about eBay, you know, and they listened. And, you know, told him all he could do, hit me up, you know, if you're interested. So while we was out there, I seen like an Airstream trailer 
but the kind you drive. Mm-hmm. Got the guy number, told him I'm going to call him in a couple of weeks. Called him. He said he wanted to sell it. So I put it online. Got a couple buyers interested. Mm-hmm. So one guy stepped to the plate, white guy living, um, I think he was in Kansas City or somewhere. He was like, yeah. So he made me offer. I sold it. So I called Buck and said, you want to make some money? He said, yeah. I said, well, prior to this, Buck had went, took all the pictures for me. Okay. At the Airstream. And then I told him, I'm going to give you this amount. Okay. Once I sold it. Not even two weeks passed, I sold it. From way in Texas, mm-hmm. he way over there. Like, how do you do that? You know, mm-hmm. I sold it. He made his little thousand dollars just for taking the pictures and mm-hmm. stuff. Then everything I told him, like I told you, go to the bin store in Michigan, right? Do this, do that. Now he probably getting seven, eight hundred dollars a week just going to the bin store selling stuff on his eBay. Wow! And he called me telling me, "Man, thank you, you changed my life." That's amazing, and, bro. And he's selling every day. He's going to the bin store all week trying to find stuff because that's he he gets unemployment. Mm-hmm. I mean, disability nine hundred okay. a month. And okay, I said, how can you live off of that? Yeah, you that's know? tough, man. I don't yeah. see it. I mean, shout out to the people who make it happen, especially mm-hmm. raising kids. But that's tough. Right. Yeah, but I mean, like eBay, how you say people want to make extra side money. It's really up to you on how dedicated you want to put into it. Right, right. So if you, people think it don't work, but I'm living proof. I raised four daughters. Oh, I know it works. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I raised four daughters and I do this every day. Yeah. You know, so I'm always, my mind is auctions, buying, selling, buying stuff, but I love what I do. Yeah. So if you don't like what you do, then maybe you shouldn't get into eBay or any of that. But if you're trying to make a little side money, it's not hard to do. Right. And you, if you just got a certain limit of what you want to make monthly, it's just you going to get stuff and try to reach that quota that you're trying to make. Right. So but, so how long you been doing eBay? Probably over 20-something years. It's nuts, man. So, so you talk about loving what you do, you know, and a lot of people, people make decent money, mm-hmm. you know, they got a good life or they're, they're financially stable. Let me rephrase right. that. I don't want to say good life. That's good life is a combination of a bunch of things, not just what we're talking about is income. They're financially stable. Mm-hmm. And uh that stability is what keeps them from doing what they love to do. Because right. I man, real talk, man, a lot of people most people not doing what they love to do. Right. You know, this just pays the bill. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I might be one of them. You know, I like challenges, but as far as you saying what you love to do, and I see this in you, you really, you really deep down in yourself say you really love doing this stuff. I ain't, I'm gonna die doing this. This is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love you. It's yeah. The craziest thing is, um, I'm a, I'm at the middle. I haven't even reached my peak yet, mm-hmm. and I haven't reached my peak yet because I'm not where everything is at. Okay. So I'm steady growing every day. So like in this business, you can go big as I don't know you want to go. 
because several of my friends are millionaires and they millionaires from eBay only. Like okay. my, one of my friend Mark in California, his first year, he made 177,000 selling on eBay. It's nuts. You know, now he's way over that. Then I got another friend named Norm. He has a company called OC Depot. You can look him up on eBay. He makes over 200 something thousand dollars a year. He's a millionaire. I got several millionaire friends, but when I first got into it, I was spending like five or six hundred dollars on the pallet. Mm-hmm. And my daughter went to um, Bethune Cookman in Daytona, Florida. Mm-hmm. She got hit by a car on campus, broke her foot. She got a settlement, 15000 She came home for a while and I went to what you guys called in the South flea market, but we call it swap meet. Right. I went to the swap meet in LA and I seen the crown amplifier and I looked it up and it's new 5,000. Mm-hmm. So I seen the guy had a table, like 14 of them on a the table. So I walked over there and asked him how much you want. He said, uh, about three fifty four hundred. And I said, I'll give you $150 each. For cash, all of cash. Each one you got. So he was wanting that for each one. No, yeah, he wanted three fifty four hundred each. Mm-hmm. And I hit him with the low, saying, "I give you one fifty each right now, cash." Mm-hmm. I said, "You ain't sold nothing today. You what you want to do?" He said, "I got ten more in storage." I said, "I want them too." And he said, "So you got all the money?" I said, "Yeah, I got the money. I got the money for these right now." And on the way going to your storage, we stop at the bank. Mm-hmm. And I get the rest of the cash mm-hmm. and get them, so I bought them all one fifty each. On back of one of the amps, tell me Ken Porter Auctions. That's how I got into auctions. Okay, I called the auction place and said, "Hey, do you? I need to have my dealer license." He said, "No, it's open to the public." But I always bought cars because I had dealer license. I'm buying cars, flipping them. Mm-hmm. I never got into equipment, electronics restaurant medical mm-hmm. nothing it was just always cars so went there with my daughter because she had a cast on her foot we went there and they had a like a a showcase with a lot of apple computers and tablets and my daughter was looking at this so i went walking around and i ran across a all kind of pallets of medical equipment so one particular pallet I look and I seen these boxes, square little boxes, brand new. I looked it up and it said five thousand dollars, and there was like thirty of them on the pallet with other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I tell my daughter, "Come over here, come look," and she said, "Whoa!" I said, oh, "I'm buying this," and she said, "But what if it go high?" I said, "You want to put something in?" She said, "What you want? Five thousand? I said, "Nah, ain't a, just give me three. And I'm going to put three. Mm-hmm. And if I don't even need your money, I ain't going to take it. Mm-hmm. So when the auction came, I started looking to see who my competition is. So next, you know, it started off with 20 people bidding on this pallet. So when it got to 3000 it went to three people. So I'm still looking and my daughter's sitting next to me. So then it gets to 5000 Mm-hmm. Now it's two people. That's my 
friend Mark and Norm, the millionaires. Okay. So I say, I don't know nothing about them. This is my first time seeing oh, them. Oh, okay, okay. So they say 5,100. I raised my hand and I kept it up. I'm I'm going 10 grand if I had to. Okay. You know? So they go 52. Then they say, Norm, you out? He said, I'm out. Mark, you still in? He said, yeah. 53. I say 54. So the auctioneer say, is your hand up? As a question, I said, my hand up and it's never going down. <laughs> and so everybody was like, whoa, who is this guy? Yeah. So they asked Mark, you out? He said, yeah, I'm out. So I bought it 5400 Wow. When I get home, I take a picture of it. I put it on eBay. Uh-huh. 4200 Free shipping. Said I got eight. Just, you know, testing the water. Uh-huh. Eight available. An hour and a half later, two of them gone at 4200 Wow. That's 8400 So I tell my daughter, here's your three plus another three. Matter of fact, here's another one. So I gave her seven thousand dollars mm-hmm. and she said you sold them that quick I said I just sold two and she said oh thank you dad then she thought about it she said but what about the rest I said nah you got your money we good now <laughs> within a week I had sold another five so before you know it before the end of the month I was out all 30 of them I made so much money off that one pallet and I made my money back in an hour and a half. That's crazy, man. So from there on, and I stumbled across this from the number and stuff on the back of the amplifier. Mm-hmm. And I sold all them amps, mm-hmm. 3500 each. That's nuts, man. So that was like the game-changing moment. <laughs> game-changing. And That's I crazy. And I ain't never stopped. I ain't, I'm never going to stop because, yeah. okay, recently. Look, look I, I, went, I went with you to that city auction. Right. And I wanted to bring up. You know, like the bidding, like you mm-hmm. said, like I'm gonna raise my hand, not put it down. I ain't gonna lie, man. That was my first auction, mm-hmm. and I was scared. Right. And um, when I saw you battling out with that dude, Shane Shane battled out this dude over some police siren, police lights, right. or something. Yeah. And uh, I would say, man, it felt like gambling. Mm-hmm. It felt like right, like you was at the fight, putting up your number. You know what I mean? And uh, that's what it felt like to me. And you know, my experience with gambling, I was winning a lot at the beginning, but gambling at the end, you really never really win. Right. So that's what it feels like to me. So I guess it's that fear right. at the auction. But I will tell you, every time I see a Range Rover on the road, mm-hmm. I think about that dang Range Rover, man. <laughs> this dude, all right, so for all you listening, the city had a auction and they had this confiscated Range Rover. And on the on the window, they have a window, the transmission is not working mm-hmm. or something. And uh, so we were at their auction. I'm looking on my phone. Transmission is like $3,500 Range Rover transmission. It was like a 2012 or something like that. Right. And then, you know, telling how much a mechanic would charge to swap a transmission on Range right. Rover. And uh, that's what they wrote down. And that dude bought it for $1,100. I had like two grand in my pocket. And I was thinking, man, I'll probably go up to two grand on this. I raised my hand on that for one grand. He went to eleven, and man, he yeah. went to eleven, and I just backed out like a right. like a weakling, bro. And then at the end of the day, 
The dude drove off the lot, <laughs> drove the Range Rover down the road. I said, dang, bro. So, like, that that makes me sick to this right. day. Just just scared money. Well, because the city don't really be knowing. They just tell you that. It's they just not put working. it on there. Yeah, they, they got to do something. Yeah, what was up with that? There was an cha- old police challenger there. No, a charger. Mm. And they stopped making chargers. Like, that one went for ridiculously high. Right. I mean, is that like, is that is that the car to be buying and selling right now? Because that, that car was busted. That looked like it was in a police chase. Well, you know, on that Gub deal, they sell a lot of chargers. Okay. I am i don't really see no numbers on eBay with them. Really? Is that like, a- I, you know what? Brings more numbers is them old four crown Victorias, them big ones. Uh huh. They bring more numbers than the Chargers. Hmm. I guess because people are starting a little security business. Oh, okay. they want them. You know them. So they're using that for for business. Chevy Classics and Ford. You know them big big police looking cars. Okay, I was thinking that car enthusiasts was wanting to put. You know, we, they call them donks down yeah, here. Dunks, yeah, dunks. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. the twenty fours and right. and candy paint and all that. See, and, our problem, you know, me and you, the sky's the limit of what we can make. We just don't have the room. See, if we, we can get a, a building, a warehouse, or anybody listen to this podcast that want to come on, you know, <laughs> you want to make some money. Of, yeah, it's a lot of money that we can make. You know, but yeah. You can't really tell everybody the game. Like my brother used to tell me, the game is to be sold, not to be told. But that's, that's right. from Master P. Yeah, started that. You yeah, know? but yeah. Sometimes you, when you know you got dealing with somebody genuine, you could tell them. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. The game is to be sold, not to be told. But nowadays, you could tell a lot of people this game, and they ain't gonna soak it up. Nope. They yeah. they 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 want. Easy and right now, and that's why I stopped telling people about it, man. Right? Because you know, like you said, you can tell who's interested, who really wants to spend money. Man, there's even people who like, man, I need some money. Like, and they tell me their personal story, and right, I'm like, well, you're not gonna make any money getting a job, a second job, right? Leaving your first job. Saying hey to your kids and your family for 30 minutes, going to your second job for the evening shift, and then coming home at 12 at night and everybody's sleeping, you just dead tired and you got to do it again. Like, yeah. I understand if you got to do that, and people do that. Much respect to everyone making mm-hmm. it happen. But I say, look, I I show them my eBay account. I'm like, I don't do this for primary money, but when I needed licks, mm-hmm. I made some licks on here. Right. And it's like, and I got shelves full of stuff that I can make licks on. Just don't do it because I don't necessarily need it, but I can do it. And you tell them the game, and it's like, oh, it's too much work to create an account and but you take know, pictures back and do to, it. Like you back know, it's, to that Mississippi Biloxi City auction. Uh huh. That day I spent seven hundred. This is the truth. I made. Eight thousand off seven hundred. Remember the big mixers? Yeah, I sold each one of them almost two thousand dollars each, and I paid two hundred something each for them. It's crazy. And then the police lights that I bought, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still lights. got a lot of that stuff. I'm still selling it. That. You crazy, know, because it was so much stuff. 
you know. Yeah. And them gray tubs you saw that looked like whatever. I sold each one of them at four hundred and something dollars each, and I bought all four of them for sixty dollars. You know. Wow. So just recently, I went to an auction in Lake Charles. Uh huh. Last month, and they had these satellite things. They were mobile units that the police department set up mm-hmm. if they way out somewhere and they needed to get a satellite. Mm-hmm. And it was like 20 dishes, um, maybe 20-something walkie-talkies, hand walkie-talkies, mm-hmm. and other stuff. So I put it on my eBay because I seen guys selling some new for Fourteen thousand dollars. He was selling five sets for fourteen thousand new. So I said, "Oh dang, I I done stumbled on some stuff, right?" Mm -hmm. So I had seven complete units. Then I had a whole bunch of satellite dishes and walkie talkies. So I put one up, and I put five thousand dollars a best offer. So a guy in California said. You take three for it? I said, yeah. So I sold it real quick, sent it to him. I didn't tell him I had more. Mm-hmm. I didn't even put nothing up yet because I wanted to make sure he got it. He tested it. It was working fine. So he left me a positive feedback. So then I knew that it was open to communicate with him. Right. So I sent him a message saying, are you interested in more? He said, how many you got? Can I leave you my phone number? So he called me. Mm-hmm. And I said, told him how many I got. He said, would you do 25 each for the other ones you got complete? And I give you a thousand each satellite dish. I paid $60 for the pallet. Jeez. And made over $12,000 on just the satellites and the, communi- the whole communication things. It's crazy. That's man. why I'm always looking for police stuff. Because someone's money in there, yeah. yeah. People are always looking for it. So, so, so for someone who I didn't get want- them lights that day. Remember the guy? They messed me up. They lied. Remember I bid on them. Yeah, they cheated. Yeah, me that out. was that yeah. was that was some scam. That was stuff. some foolery yeah, right there. Good. That was some. Uh, that was remember some, they said I was, won. Yeah, it know? was that was they was they were homied up. They were in cahoots yeah, or something. Yeah. I don't know. But hey, it is what it is, man. Right. You know. Um, so what do you, what do you what do you, what would you say to someone that mildly interested, seriously interested in the online sale? Like, where would you tell them to start? Because you know, it takes a while to get right to the level where you can see stuff and you know you got to jump on, it. and it takes a good amount of investment because you gotta you gotta have money to make money, right? right yeah. So it's like for, for someone much, to get started, yeah. like like like. Let's say a young person, like someone in high school or something. Well, since, you know, back in my time, they had just thrift stores. Right now, somebody young, they could go to the bin store. That's and what I like go, to do. And when they go to the bin store, you don't know what you're going to find. I love the bin store, yeah, man. You never know what's there. You know, at a thrift store, it's a hit and miss. But a bin store, you always going to find stuff. Like me, I go to bin stores in Houston and just... I'm always buying bulk. So if I see like a whole bunch of vitamins, I'll look at three or four of them and see they $30, $40, $50 each. Mm-hmm. 
But I see that he got 200 of them. So I just tell him, how much for everything? And then they say, you mean what? I said, no, don't count nothing. How much for everything? Just like yeah, that. Yeah, like, how much seat, money you want you know? right now to get so this they, out of your they way? they come with a ridiculous price. Oh, I want 500. I said, nah. How much you give me? I said, I'll give you 200 right now. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go home and sell four of the vitamin things and my money is back. And I still got 500 left. It's nuts, man. You know, so I always just try to cut out all that one by one and buy the whole thing. So when I buy the whole thing, I know I'm going to make quadruple, druple and keep selling it. You mm-hmm. know, But some people don't. Like you say, scared money don't make money. Right. So if you look in like the Range Rover, like if you went to the Ben store and you know you just sold this last week on your account for $70 for one bottle. Mm-hmm. And at the Ben store, you see 200 of these bottles. And you pull a lady or whoever to the side and say, how much for all of them? So if they tell you, I want 400. And then you say 300. You just made 80 real quick on one. Mm-hmm. So think about it. You got 200. So if you buy it for $300 in a week or less, you're going to have your money back and you still got a hundred and something left. Right. So you, after you finish and you do the calculation, you in the thousands of what you made. Mm-hmm. But some people are scared to pull the trigger. I ain't never scared. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like that song. I ain't never scared because this is all about what I know. And, you know, I know it works. Right. You know, and the more you build your eBay up and your status and your feedbacks, people look for you to put stuff. They looking. Right. So my name is so built up that people are looking for me to list stuff. So, and most of the time, like back to that, vitamin if everybody is selling on ebay for a hundred dollars i'm gonna put it for 50 and the reason why i do it like that is because people will buy all my stuff go home sell it for 75 where they can make money and feed their family right so i'm giving people a choice to make money even off of me too and you making money too so you're not out there just trying to get you out yeah. there move if it if it has to move to make the money. Yeah. It ain't. Yeah. I ain't trying. That to might be right. one of my flaws, man. Right. It's just like like my kids' shoes. Like I buy the kids, um, like like Jordans and Nikes and player shoes and you know. And then I know there's a big market online for it, but I think my price point is just too high. Right. You know, it's it's half of MSRP, but people are paying for it. But I guess it's just those rare instances that they're getting bought. So right. I, I went and dropped a bunch of stuff down, sold sold some things, but you know, um, price point. I guess it, the I need to have more movement right. going on. So yeah, man, it's a big game. But I'm if, trying to get my if you if you think about it, if you bought them shoes for them years ago. Man, I just get rid of it. You know, it's got to go. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's been sitting too long. Right. Yeah, they want, got their wear out of it. Everything. Yeah, know? yeah. Um. Yeah, so I just gotta. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll get into it. I want to get Sean into it. Mm-hmm. The kids into it. Um. I mean, I re- I really want them to go get a job and have that experience of working with other people. Right. But the money's out there. Right. And I and I know what's out there. And but if you look at the youth, 
They ain't working for people. They all entrepreneurs. Right. You know. Yeah. And you want to have him that mindset that he can make it. Build 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 right. an entrepreneurial right. mindset. Because you look at Mark Cuban, Bill Gates, all of them, they say they prefer people off the streets working for them instead of people who got degrees because okay. they didn't learn nothing but books. Mm-hmm. They wasn't hands on with stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I prefer dealing with like people who's listening right now. Mm-hmm. What you guys don't know is every Sunday I go to this flea market, and a guy works at Kroger. It's a grocery store, and all the stuff that's about to expire—sweets, donuts, bread, everything—I get it all from him. Mm-hmm. And then I pass it out to the homeless. Okay. And then I give to the shelter. I do nice. this every week. You know. Wow. And I do it because I've been homeless before. And I know how it is to these people out here don't have nothing to eat. You know. Mm-hmm. And some people are homeless just because maybe John was renting your room and you was charging them 300 and just past month. He only had two fifty, and he tell you, I have it for you in a couple. You say, no, you got to go. But he didn't have no other place to go. So he became homeless. Mm-hmm. Some people don't deserve to be homeless and they trying to get back to that status and they just need that extra little push. Mm-hmm. And most people look at them like they trash, but they're really not. Yeah. You know, so they got it in, tough in order to do an experience that you had to, experience it yourself so as long as i'm breathing i'm always giving Helping back the to the homeless. homeless yeah always that's off the i'm chain, never man. going to stop never that's off the chain yeah and well, i don't look at it like i want god to bless me no i want to do it because i want to see people eat do it because you can yeah and and you've been there yeah yeah i just i just love helping people man the, me. the homeless have it tough it's like once you get to that point you know and a lot of people say why don't you just go get a job? Right. Why don't you just get yourself together? And it's like jobs don't want to hire homeless people, man. Right. They don't. They, you got to. They want you to have an ID and a place of residency. Right. And let me see your last bank account statement. Right. You know, All before that. like, and then they turn around and want to pay a minimum wage. Right. After having that, like, you, you expect someone to maintain all of that, mm-hmm. and. And then you turn around and give them next to nothing. Like right. you, you give that person, man, minimum wage is enough money to someone that can eat and buy the gas so they can come back and, and work for you the next day. Right. I mean, it's terrible, man. Yeah, you can't rent an apartment on minimum wage. No, no. It's like, it's just so messed up and homeless people have it bad. But like you said, man, a lot of people look at them like, they ain't worth nothing. That's right. terrible, man. Like, man, here recently they they put up some signs in the, around the city about don't you can't you can't pet like what do you call it where you stand out in the corner and ask for money? Oh, like the, I don't Pedal- know if it's called peddling or yeah, something. Something like you can't do that, right? They put signs up there, and then on the sign it says you have you can text money to this organization, and, and it goes out. And I mean, not saying that don't go to homeless people, but how much of it? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, like you really don't know, and um, but then you have those people out there that they really—it's a hustle for them. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they might make five, six hundred dollars a day and right. still play. They might play the part, yeah, and not do it. Yeah, so. I don't like them people. Yeah, it's hard to I tell don't though. Like the, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, most people who walk up to me and I see the guy some brand new Nikes, brand new outfit. I'm not stereotyping, but I prefer to give it to people that you can see barely their shoes tore up. Mm-hmm. You know all that. So, like me, even if I go home and I look in my closet. And see stuff that I know I ain't gonna wear no more. And I remember this guy that have a shirt or no shoes. I go back to that same guy and say, here, man, you know. And then two weeks or a week later, I might be in that area and I see him wearing my old shirt, my shoes. That makes me feel great because yeah. he not barefoot no more. Right. He got a shirt on, even if it's the same one. So I always try to target people that I remember and go back and even keep helping them. So, like, my brother, he used to be a preacher, and I went to this one shelter, and this old white lady said, please remember me. So I had told my brother about it, mm-hmm. and he told me in the Bible, it's scripture about that. And I was like, wow. So he read it to me, and he said that lady was speaking to you, saying, please remember me. Mm-hmm. So the next time I got some stuff, I waited for her to come back to that office, and I brought her all this stuff. And she said, you remember me? I said, yeah. I never went back no more because I try to go to different shelters. Wow. Different people. I don't like to just focus on one. I like to give around that I can, you know, but cause everybody wants something. You right. Know? So the main one that I've been given to, it's a shelter called hope. Okay. And I seen the little kids. I seen the grownups. I seen the people that was really homeless in that thing. Mm-hmm. So I prefer to give to where I see them giving it to them. Cause sometimes you, they might take it and sell it or yeah, whatever. That's so what I don't, that's like, why man. I don't give to the goodwill and salvation army because they put it in there and put a price tag. Yeah. It's useless. You know, I don't never do that. Right. I mean, I know this goodwill up the road. If you put it there in a weekend, which everyone does their cleaning in the weekend. Mm. It's it's all dug and thrashed out right. all across the ground right. by Sunday afternoon. And yeah. I mean, I guess people who need it go through there and get right. it. Um, yeah. I mean, I've I've seen people who need it, homeless right. people there. But like like you said, man, I, you like seeing it given to the person who needs it, right? And you know it's going to the right place to the right, right person versus somebody else making money right. off of it, but. You know, but like if you look at your house and look at all that you could do, it shouldn't be no excuse why you don't get back because you're not going to really miss it. You know, like how you did shine room, everything. So like if you saw a homeless family down the street and you know, you got an extra $10 in your pocket, why not give it to them? Right. You're going to, you're going to be always keep being blessed. Cause like people like me and you, we know how to get it no matter what, rather right, you was working right, or not. Right. You still know how to make it. Right. See, a lot of people don't have that gift that we have. We know how to make it by any means necessary, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what that, that strive and that, that tiger lion in us to keep going. Right. You know, and plus you look at me and Sean and Nina that's your family, you the head, so you can't fail. 
you got to keep going. You know, you don't want them to be looking like they don't have nothing to eat. You lose the house or whatever. But yeah, we we just we got to keep working hard. But a lot of times that we have right all the tools and everything we need, but we won't work together. And that's crazy. But you look at the way it is. You look at all these other religions and races, nationalities. They stick together. They own millions of dollars worth of stuff, but we can't even go do an Airbnb or we can't go buy 10 pallets together, you know, but Mm -hmm. because, oh, I want to get this or I want to get, we can split all that and keep buying Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of pallets. It's the bigger picture. Yeah, but people don't do that. It's that instant gratification, Mm -hmm. man. It's it's, greed, you know. Yeah, it's greed, man. Like, because if I was greedy, why would I even tell you and put you up on stuff? You know, right, right. when I first met you and then I came back, like you said, and bought the palette, I didn't care about me. I looked at Nina. I looked at Mia. I looked at Sean. Right. I said, this man has a family. So if I could tell him how to make extra money for his family, I did my job. You know, even if you never talked to me ever again in life, I blessed you and your family to learn how to yeah. bring extra money. That was and it. And sometimes people could, like you say, you could give them all this information and knowledge and they still sweeping under the rug. Like, yeah, yeah. no, nothing. And then they right. come back later and say, now, what was that again? I'm not interested in telling them more because I already <laughs> told them, you know. Some people need to hear things multiple times before right. it, it clicks, man. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm one of those. Skept- but see, you a busy person. Skeptical. I look at your eBay all the time, and I see that it's you dead, don't put. It's dead right now, bro. Yeah, it's been dead all year. It's because you haven't added no more stuff. I need to. Well, and, that's going to change in the next two weeks because right. I got I got. Sean's friend here that's right. with us and uh yeah that's why you and, teach and, and them. now after this I just had this week of vacation where I just went all out for the kids right. and everything and you know was being like super dead and it's done I like I just finished it today right I just got back today so this next two weeks so my yep. plan mm-hmm. is this next two weeks you put everything I got up right. there because right this is this is how it's gonna go, right? So that that's how we're gonna roll this two weeks. So, so the stuff that you have on now is it best offer or the set prices? I don't I don't know. We'll, we'll look at it. We'll look at it together though. Right. We'll look at it together. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds right. on that. So right. So just change it up. So so Shane, when you're not eBaying, you're not looking at buying and selling. What are you doing? And not saying as in what other work you're doing. Like like you know what are you, what are your hobbies? I know one of the things like volunteering, which is awesome. Right. You know what 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 are you what else what are you doing to 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 decompress and unwind from the hustle and bustle, or are you just hustle mode twenty four seven? Pretty much twenty four seven. But you know, I, you know, just chill out with the wife and yeah, watch movies and yeah, chill out. You know, but other than that, I just. Just a drive in me, you know. Yeah. It's hard to stay still, you know. Man, I can't even stay, you. I can't, I can't stay I can't still. Stay long, still, you know? man. We sit here. Like and I'm like something. You if know? I'm if I'm sitting here, like I'll try to. I'll enjoy time with the family, right? Like I'll enjoy a movie, right? Or maybe a show every now and then, right? I mean, what I really enjoy is talking to people. That's why we're like doing this podcast thing, right? But if if it's not 
okay, I'm taking this time with my family or something to build something else up, I start feeling like it's a waste of time. Right. You know, I, I have that. I guess you would call it a problem. Right. And I don't, I don't ever get bored. Right. I, I don't know what bored is. But so, so I'm all, I'll find something to do. Like I so, can't sit still. So like this podcast, is it able to reach people everywhere? Yeah. We have so, to push it to that point. So, so basically if people are listening, it's no excuse for a man or woman or teenager to be broke. Really and, not. And I'm going to be honest with you. You could take $20 and make that into five a thousand dollars five hundred dollars and then just keep flipping your money mm-hmm. but Le- and, legally yeah legally <laughs> and you know like even like he say father francis or papa shane you guys can reach us and we could teach you you know we could teach you but we can't teach everybody because it's everybody don't want to learn they got to be teachable yeah they got to want to learn yeah they uh, yeah. want to learn and you know most people you could teach them something and then they can find out about stuff and they never think about you but i didn't i don't really care because it's always gonna be doors opening for me because mm-hmm. i'm always looking and yeah because you always knocking them right. knocking the doors down yeah so that's you, what i'm about man so like when i go to these auctions I mean, not being prejudiced, it's not really no there, you know. <laughs> so, so you know, and then they see me, they looking at me like he's not on buying it. So before you know it, I'm bidding, and it's at three hundred, four hundred, five hundred, and they're like, it's still bidding, you know. Like so, then when I beat them, they like, whoa, he spent fifteen hundred dollars, but I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I've been doing this for over 20 some years. So when I know what I'm doing and I know I'm going to get it back that next week or even before that. Okay. I, it's really no limit unless I have a limit at that time of the month, you know, mm-hmm. that I need to, I can't go over this amount because I got to pay all this, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that I know I can sell immediately in a thousands, you don't want to be at the auction with me because I'm going to run you to, you know, and that's how run you run it up and run you out huh? in, in Orange County, California. They used to have an auction called general auction and all the Vietnamese Chinese and all these different nationalities. They bidding thousands and thousands of stuff. So when it came to certain equipment and they see one or two black people in there, then they see, Oh, he won that for eighteen hundred, and he's black. But then they think, oh, he ain't gonna be back next week. I'm there every week, yeah. you know. So after a while, just like my grandmother say, if they if they if you can't beat them, join them. Mm-hmm. So next time I'm coming to the auctions, hey, how you doing, Shane? I man, I saw you win that pallet last week, you know. Mm-hmm. So now they kissing my butt because they yeah. see that they, they can't beat me. They want to know what you, they want to know what you're doing. Yeah, and I'm telling them all bogus stuff, you know. I ain't telling. Oh no, I don't sell on eBay. <laughs> do the know? rain, do the rain dance. Yeah. That's how you. Learn, I sell huh? on offer up. You know, you yeah. know. I'm not telling yeah. them nothing, but 
it's funny that just like millionaires, they all have a number. Just like my friend Mark one time, I'm bidding against him. And I I, I ended up getting it for 700 He stopped at 600 But I knew he's a millionaire now. Mm-hmm. People told me and he told me. But that never stopped me because just like I have another friend named Chris, he's my restaurant mentor. Mm-hmm. He has three 10,000 square foot warehouses full the capacity mm-hmm. you cannot beat this guy when you in the auction i don't care unless you a millionaire like him one thing that i appreciate about this white guy is all his clients pay him up front so when he gets to the auction he's not spending his money he's spending lorries red lobster they all got these are his clients telling mm-hmm. them what they need so one time i go to the auction it's a hobart meat tender thing mm-hmm. it was about ten twenty thousand dollars so i'm looking around i said dang chris not here i'm about to win this right before they get there here come chris walk to the door he already knew he say you was bidding on that and i i said yeah and he say well laurie's on in beverly hills they they already gave me twelve thousand up front you know i told him i could do it for twelve he ended up winning before we even got started in that auction. He tell me, come to my warehouse in Stanton. I'm going to give you a few things because I got to get this. So I didn't even bid. He, oh, won, wow. it. he won it for $1,300. Wow. So they paid him $12,000. So you do the math. Yeah. That was his profit after the $1,300. Yeah. So I go to his warehouse that week. He gave me a few things that add up to like $6,000 for free. Wow. That's Just awesome. Be, man. You know, but he, he's always been that way. You mm-hmm. know, he, he's, he's not one of them type of people that if you, if I, if I eat, you're going to eat and he's white, you know what I'm saying? So like most of the people at these auctions and people I do business with, they're not black, they're white. And they have so much respect for me because Either they can't beat me or they want to get in with me, mm-hmm. you know. And most of the time, I don't like to get in with them at all because they're just trying to pick my brain mm-hmm. and see what I do. So I was like, nah, I'm just going to beat them. You know, I'm, if I don't beat them on that one, I beat them on another one, you know. Yeah. But Chris. It's, it sounds like you made some some good I, relationships yeah, in great. there. And, yeah. uh, you know, and great. there's people of all ethnicities and colors that you just like you said at the beginning, you can weed out someone who's genuine, right. someone's not. And I imagine it's kind of a, yeah. a cutthroat business, but that's awesome, man. We'll you know, fight. one last thing that airstream, we can make money on it. I know, you know, there's you know. an airstream sit down the street and I got to find out who owns it it's sitting right. in the woods. Apparently that's hot. Yeah. The Very retro hot. market is hot. Yeah. Yeah. For anybody listening, yeah. for anybody listening out there, man, um, I probably if y'all have talked to me before, I, I most likely have mentioned selling online. But if y'all are really interested, man, give us give me another holler. Right, and uh, I mean, there's money to be made, and it's a great opportunity, man. It's a great opportunity to not have to go clock in somewhere and do stuff at home. Yeah, and if uh, you got a big warehouse, it, it yeah, yeah it'll we, work. But you can start small. Can. You yeah. can start small and do it. Um, 
We can cool, utilize man. that warehouse. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for a warehouse. Well, Shane, right. we went, you know, this is Shane's first time on the show. And uh, Shane said, man, I'm not really good at talking to all this. And we're over an hour now, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you got yeah. any shout outs for anybody? Nah, I just, I want to start, just shoot out first God. Then I want to shoot out all the homeless people don't give up. Right. And I want to shoot out to you, Nina, Sean, Mia, Beverly, Naomi, my kids, Shana, Zori, Jania, Jayla, Avery, Zyla, just all of our immediate family. That's it's, what's up. It's all about our family. It's all for the family, man. Yeah, that's, that's it. Everything that's all I'm do. working hard for is both of our families, so. That's, That's it, it, man. Yeah. Well, Shane, man, we appreciate appreciate you sharing some some of your secrets. And my last Linda. thing, I love my wife, Beverly. <laughs> Beverly Amanda Tate. That's thank right. Thank you for marrying me. That's, and thank you for being my wife. Oh. Try to get them kudo points in, man. Nah, you know, you gotta come from the heart. That's know? right. That's yeah. right. Man, how's how's everything going in the married life? Yeah, I mean, Marriage is, it's just work, you know, mm-hmm. nothing's perfect, you know, but you don't give up. Hell no, you just got to fight for each other. It's a key thing, you know. I mean, sometimes you, you, it seems like it's hard and it ain't no work, but mm-hmm. choose God first and just keep fighting. Marriage, man, you signing up to fight. Yeah. That's like, you know. It's not perfect. I'm I like, like, I'm here, I'm committed to battle this out with you. Right. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of the younger folks, man, they want to. They want to get married, but they're not ready to be a husband or wife. Right. They just want the the, uh, the title. They want the title, the ring. They want the little show in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. And then you get to go home. Right. And you're like, all right. Now now it's time. Right. Now it's time. It's easy getting married, man. Right. It's easy getting married. Um, and my, married my, my advice, too, though, if you're young in a relationship, don't have kids right away. You know, try to complete mm. yourself and get you right before you just, I want a baby because they're more expensive than you think. Man, they hella expensive. Right. <laughs> you got and, two and, and I have four. Right. So, yeah. You know. I don't see how you did it. Right. Um, And the baby don't solve nothing. Mm-mm. The baby don't, the baby doesn't create more love be- because you're lacking it. You know, the baby don't solve the problems. Right. You know, realistically speaking, the baby adds a whole nother set of problems. And not saying it's a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing to have kids. But, man, to do it right, especially how messed up today's world is and how Mm -hmm. expensive stuff is, man, calculate that. Mm -hmm. You know, you got young couples out here that having babies like get settled in and. Plan, plan, plan your, plan how you're gonna have your kid, mm-hmm. and you know, if it, and it ain't over if it, if it don't happen the way you plan, right? But you know, you always want to have some type of mindset where you want to know that you can handle what you sign up for, right? Hey, and if something happens, handle it, right? You know, and if it gets hard, sell some stuff on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it goes. So. Right. All right, Shane. Well, man, I appreciate you right. dropping a little knowledge on us, man. A lot of uh, a lot of the younger listeners, especially Sean's friends, they kind of interested in 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 what 
you know, I got my little my shelf over here, and they're kind of interested in it, and you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna get a couple of them on them right. next couple of weeks, man. And right? Yeah, some good stuff. Well, yeah, man. Well, y'all are here for the next couple of days in town. Yep, till Tuesday um, morning, and then yeah, then in the next couple of weeks we'll be in Houston and uh, come visit y'all. So right. All right, man. Well, this is Francis signing out. I got Shane here. Shane, appreciate you being with us. Right. Papa Shane, um, thanks for tuning in to the Southern Sauce Podcast. We will holler at y'all on the next one. Peace out. Yeah, this is tight. Thank you.